Okay, so welcome back to Ready Player You. I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And we wanted to get to our sponsor this episode right now. is going to be Lopez Financial Services. Uh, you can reach them for free financial education. Uh, virtual appointments are available. They handle 401k, life insurance, things like that. You've likely come across a situation in your life where you've seen a GoFundMe page or anything trying to raise money for funeral services or life insurance coverages, cancer treatments, diabetes, things like that. Um, I personally had a meeting with them the other day and I'm rolling over everything in both of my 401ks into a situation with them to where I'm going to make money. And if the market crashes, I don't lose any money. And if it doesn't make any money, I don't lose any money at the same time. But if it does grow, I make money. Their motivation for making you money is they only get paid if you get paid. So call Lopez Financial Services today or text if you prefer at 530-417-8224. Now, let's get to the show. As the intro might have introduced, the intro song might have suggested. Yeah, so um, the the spooky season is over now. Yes, and we are going to go into a mega death. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, it's fucking as much food food we're going to be fucking eating uh, later on this month. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good time right there. Oh, yeah. Um, Nothing but food comas and whatnot coming up. And football. So if that wasn't enough innuendo <laughs> for what we're going to be covering, it is a uh, band called Megadeth. If you yeah. might have heard of them. Yeah, I think I've heard a few songs of theirs. They, they, they have a couple of hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, 40 years, 16 albums. Um, that's fucking... Uh, and they're still doing stuff. Um, as of 2023, the band sold more than five... Or yeah, they sold more than fifty million copies of their albums worldwide. Wow! Now and, I know Dave Mustaine had went through some serious shit recently, where he was he was battling throat cancer. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, then he right. survived that. <clears throat> I don't know if he's still singing or what's going on. Yeah, I think that's why he has like a, maybe that deeper voice or something. Is he still singing then? I believe so, because um, I know uh, there was a time during I think the. Uh, 80s, ni- oh no, early 2000s, uh, the band had actually disbanded because he uh, suffered an arm injury. Really? What happened there? I don't remember that. So that, I'm not sure. Um, it was uh, in disbanded 20- uh, 2002, he suffered an arm injury, but they reestablished in 2004. So they broke up for two years? Yeah. Hey, where's the pretty lady at? She's hanging right there. Oh, that's not really where I put the back scratcher. The pretty lady's usually hanging on that one. <laughs> back scratcher? Yeah, I got the back stretcher right over there. <laughs> Would you like to do the honors and crack the first beer? Uh, I don't mind if I do. There you go. Oh. That sound. Oh, yeah. That's Cheers. Especially the fucking the way this week's been. Mm-hmm. Mm. Had to go drive to Fresno just to fucking get a paycheck this week because we had, a, I guess, a couple of apprentices that are going to school for electrical. Uh-huh. 
it was their time to go back to school, so I'm up in Fresno for a couple of weeks. Oh, sure. What's our first uh, song we kicking off today? Okay, so I'm thinking something off of their Killing Is My Business, and Business Is Good. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I did find a little back story on one of the songs, if I can find the damn thing. Um, It's, um, the shit. What the f- Is that the one I was... Page see, you had didn't load no more, huh? No, I lost it because I was looking up their mascot and um. But you know what? Um, I, I'm kind of curious to see what that cover of uh, these boots are made for walking. Uh, how Let's that jump one into is. it? Yeah. No, we don't want yeah. ads. Yeah, I don't know how to get rid of ads. And the song was originally um, done by Nancy Sinatra in 1966. I'm definitely wanting to hear what their version of is. Let's get into this one. Yeah. These Boots by Megadeth. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, that picked up really fast. Yeah. They got a lot of long intros like Metallica. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder where that came from. Hmm. That was a trip. Yeah, no, I've never heard that. I don't think I've... Um, you think these boots are made for walking because he walked out of Metallica? Oh, no. Oh, that technically, they booted his ass out of the band. Ah, so these boots were made for booting. <laughs> Pretty much. Ah. Yeah, and uh, it was just because uh, he was always getting into um, a conflicts with uh, James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich. Yeah, Lars, um, Lars, and, Lars and James seem to be the core dudes that, yeah. if they say goes, goes. Yeah. Well, not so much anymore because they kind of relaxed themselves. Yeah, they yeah. got over themselves. Yeah, then that with, control issue. Yeah, then we know with Kirk too. He was always playing the referee between the two. Yeah, and then I uh, know Robert Trujillo. He's just there. No, he's he's actually you know, but but he's vocal too about you know some things and uh, yeah, um, he's he's got his influence too. And so you know, um, making us start off uh, in '83. So I'd make him 40 years old. So we were a year when they formed. Yeah. And it was after because of um, uh, substance abuse and uh, conflicts. But, I mean, that's kind of ironic, I guess, because Metallica was known as Alcoholica. because Because yeah. they drank so and party so much and shit. And yeah, then, then, exactly. And then they kicked out Dave Mustaine before uh, the debut album. Yeah. Well, so he didn't have no. He, did he have some kind of? He had. To, he had to have an influence. Yeah, he on um. He did help. Uh, uh, he composed some of the group's early songs off of uh, some of their uh, beginning uh, EPs. On the um. Yeah, I believe it was uh, their uh, uh, early uh, EPs. 
And, um, and one of the songs was uh, Mechanics, mm. which I believe they did perform uh, while he was with Metallica. And after he left the band, he took the song with him. Really? Yeah. Because okay. he usually he used it um, uh, at the beginning um, with this other band. Um, what was it? A Panic or something. Um, Wait, the band he, he was in before Metallica? He, he was in with Metallica. Before Metallica, yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess let's hear Mechanics and uh, see uh, how this one sounds. Damn, this song sounds a little familiar. Yeah, yeah. I wonder where Metallica got this from. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Am I evil? Uh. <laughs> I take your life. Yeah, that's uh, definitely an influence. Uh, okay, yeah. That, so, okay, yeah. So, there's... He is pissed the fuck off right yeah. now. Oh, because... Well, he had this thing. He brought I, this I'm song I'm saying 83. Oh, yeah. Or, I'm sorry, 82. Yeah, yeah 83. Yeah. Um, Dave Mustaine <clears throat> doing this song is yeah. pissed the fuck off right now. Yeah. Because you know Metallica did Am I Evil... Right off the bat. No, uh, Four Horsemen. Yeah, but did you hear the Am I Evil part? There was two different songs in there. Oh, that I didn't catch. Yeah, he was just uh. like, yeah, that when he was saying those first lyrics, the beat, the okay, so the <laughs> rhythm, the rhythm, the drums, and the guitar were from mm-hmm. um, the Four Horsemen. Yeah. And then the the rhythm of his voice and the lyrics were Am I Evil. Uh. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, so. Oh, that was definitely heavy influence. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, the little background on the, this uh, uh, album, because there's one more song I want to actually go over, because okay. it, it does talk about um, their uh, um, the guy that's on all their uh, albums, um, their mascot. <clears throat> so um, and Mustaine had said later on, uh, after getting uh, fired from Metallica, all I remember is I wanted blood. Theirs. I wanted to be faster and heavier than them. Fueled by the desire desire for rage. Fueled by the desire for revenge, Mustaine elevated the intensity of Megadeth's music in order to challenge his former band. He sped up up existing songs such as Mechanics, with Metallica's new lineup adapting a slower pace for Horsemen. Mustaine included his original version of the song on the album to straighten Metallica up, as Metallica referred to (laughs) Mustaine as a drunk and said that he could not play the guitar. Ooh. Well, I guess he proved him wrong. I guess so. Yeah. And um so um there's a song off of this album. It's called Oh my god, what was it? Songs. Oh you f- 
Uh, um, we got looking down the cross. The skull beneath the skin. That one's a demo. Oh, here we go. They they have demos on the album as well. Oh, oh, skull beneath the skin. That might be uh, the uh, re-release. Uh, it could be. I don't know. It's hard to get originals anymore. Yes, <clears throat> we would like to skip the ads. Oh my god! See, I've never listened to I've never heard this. Do you think... hear the Metallica? I hear you hear, you hear certain riffs. Yeah. Oh wow. Now right there, right there, that's Megadeth. Yeah, so I can hear I can hear his voice sounds just <coughs> like it does all the way through yeah. sixteen albums. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't change. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's not like when we did Rob Zombie last week, where you oh, could yeah. tell early on he was still finding his groove. Yeah, and his yeah, voice, and, and then he became Rob Zombie. Yeah, you know, with the old, you know, starting off with White Zombie, <laughs> you know, it was, it was the early eighties, nineties. Yeah, and then you know when he went off into the solo shit, then he definitely started changing like the style, but still kept that original sound. Well, too. I'm saying like from when he started his first album <clears throat> at White Zombie, but then like by the second or third album, he uh-huh. was it was his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, how it yeah. was. So this song um, was actually uh, it's uh, the mythic creation of Vic Rattlehead, which is uh, their uh, uh, mascot. Is addressed in the song "The Skull Beneath the Skin" from "Killing My Business, Business Is Good." Prepare the patient scalp to peel away metal caps. Metal cap his ears. He'll he'll hear not what we say. Solid steel visor riveted across his eyes. Iron staples close the jaws so no one hears his cries. So basically, uh, hear no evil, see no evil, speak. Exactly. And Vic is a skeletal figure wearing a suit that embodies the phrase see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. And um, I didn't even know that that's what they did that from. As well as a symbol of censorship. His eyes are covered with by a riveted on visor, his mouth is clamped shut, and his ears are closed with metal caps. Which you hmm. can see right there from uh, the artwork. 
Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. It's like you know, I never. So there's, a, there's. I love the. I love that there's a story and mythology or a reasoning <clears throat> behind it. Yeah, and I seen. Um, I think it was on Facebook or something, or maybe one of these. Um, I think it was on YouTube. And they had like a, um, you know, see who had the best um, uh, mascot, and so it was him. Then I think he had a guy from uh, Disturbed. Um, and uh, I forgot who uh, the the other ones were too. Um, so you know this this uh, this album um, they did with an independent record, um, and they were um, they were giving uh, what eighty or eight they were given eight thousand dollars to record and produce uh, this album. However, this proved not to be enough, and the band was given a further four thousand dollars. So that's $12,000 <laughs> to do an album. Instead, a majority of the budget was spent on drugs, alcohol, and food, prompting the group to fire the original producer and produce the record themselves. <laughs> uh, so $12,000 <laughs> down the drain, huh? Yeah, for drugs, alcohol, and food. At least they're eating while they're high. <laughs> you know, It doesn't say what drugs they were doing, huh? No, it didn't. <laughs> so, um... After that, uh, they did uh, their second album, So Far... Oh, whoa, nope, that's not the album I wanted. Um, Oh, their first major album was called Peace Sells, Who's Buying? Mm. And this one, um, yeah, uh, um, the album's cover art features the band's mascot, Vic Rattlehead, in front of a desolated United Nations headquarters. (laughs) Ha-ha-ha-ha! They're getting political. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, love it. I love it. So, um, well, good talking about a, a Vic Rattlehead. Uh, the name of Vic stands for victim, and Rattlehead comes from what Mustaine's mother used to say to him when he was headbanging, don't do that or you'll rattle something loose up there. Oh. And this then led to the expression to rattle one's head, meaning headbanging. According to Mustaine, the mascot represents his feelings about religious represent, oh, religious repression and freedom of expression. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, so they, I, I definitely I want to hear Pete Bell's because I think I know that song. See that I I think I, yeah that's um, that's one of the more famous songs that I know I've heard of. I believe so. Yeah. Hmm. See if we get YouTube. Yep. Yep. They definitely did it with another ad there. Huh, yeah, it was really, this is the band's uh, second ever single in November of 96. Really? So, well, Killing Is My Business, well, it came out in 85, and then a year later they came out with this in 86. Oh, okay. Let's hear this one here. I'm pretty sure I've heard this one. Oh, definitely. Yes. Definitely heard yeah. this one. Oh, this is 100% all Megadeth right here.
In 2006, VH1 ranked Peace Cells at number 11 on the list of the 40 greatest metal songs of all time. In 2023, Rolling Stone ranked the song number 19 on their list of the 100 greatest heavy metal songs. Uh, the song uh, reflects uh, David Stain's political and social beliefs. Title of the song was uh, taken from a copy of Reader Digest that Mustaine saw that <clears throat> had a story. Uh, with the word peace sells, but nobody's buying. The lyrics in the song were written on the wall of the band's rehearsal space <laughs> due to Mustaine not having a pen and paper to write with. And there you go. The song dispels stereotypes of metal fans that were pushed by the media throughout the 80s. I wrote it because I was tired of people mocking metal in general, mocking people who are metal fans, Mustaine told in the Rolling Stone. It was hard for me to watch the way we were stereotyped on TV just as dumbasses. For the most part... I think that a lot of musicians are very intelligent, very talented, and it's a bummer the way people stereotype. And mm. he, you know, he's right. Exactly. He, he's definitely right. You know, like, oh, because, you know, you know, some of the, you know, some of the biggest metalheads I know are, you know, nine to five working guys, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, they either have their own business or. Yeah, they're very articulate. You know, they're very, yeah. they, they, they're very well read, as in they know a lot of things about a lot of things. You know, mm-hmm. very wise in certain areas. Yeah, yeah even uh, like rappers too, like E40. Oh, yeah, E40. I mean, two changes as a college graduate. I think yeah. he graduated from Brown University or, or uh, Stanford or something like that. Oh, sure. He's a very educated dude. Yeah, there's some a lot, but, you know, when it comes to metal, it's like, oh, it's you know, loud. Now Corey Taylor, he's a really red, real red, fucking intelligent guy. Oh yeah, he, he's a know. goofball too. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like I mean. it's like with the rappers <clears throat> and and metalheads and musicians in general, and they come up with these clever ways to uh, frame uh, a paragraph or a song or tell a whole story in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell Anthony. I say you got to get good at English because you got to master it before you can fuck it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Once you know how to work the language, then you can ad lib it, you can chop it up, you can butcher it, and you can put it together in any form you want. And it's very creative way to do it. Yeah. And that's what they do. Yeah. Um. And uh, this, I want to say on this uh, piece, sales uh, has been regarded as a milestone in American thrash metal movement, along with Metallica's Master of Puppets, Slayer's Rain and Blood, which were also released in '86. Mm. So. When the out to this time, so he was kind of like competing with Metallica at that time, cause, you know, oh, big time. So you know, with Master of Puppets and stuff. But I think this was his first, his first breakaway <clears throat> right here. I think this yeah. was his first, um, is, his own sound, and not, I didn't hear anything in there from Metallica. Yeah, it was his own writing. Yeah, his own, it, his own um, standalone sound. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this one was um, um, the the first. Um, uh, 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 major label uh, mm-hmm. the, through uh, Capitol Records because the first one was an independent uh, 
So, I mean, you could definitely tell, you know, the kind of the, the, you know, the gritty sound. But this one sounds a lot more polished, a lot more cleaner. I, I don't um, hear, I don't, I don't recognize any other uh, songs off this album. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm just, I'm curious about what The Conjuring is. It's way before the movie. So there's a Randy <laughs> Burns mix and then there's a regular remastered. Uh, yeah. Just go for the regular one. Yeah. I'll go with the remastered. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I got it. I got it changed over there, mm. so they don't have to see ads. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then um, I guess, yeah, there was remastered editions uh, with bonus tracks. They had a two-CD reissue, and the second disc was a Fantasy Theater, Cleveland 87. Hmm. So the original, this was just a side one, side two on the tape. Oh, that's right. This is still cassette <clears throat> tapes at the time. Nah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, me too. All right, well, let's hear The Conjuring then. He definitely knows how to work that guitar, man. Um, yeah, this is uh, uh, written by David Stane during a time when he dabbled in black magic during the teenager his teenager years. Whoa. The song's lyrics have been described as reference, referencing a satanic ritual and, according to Mustaine, contain instructions for hexes. Contain instructions for what? Hexes. Oh, like, oh, like so. Spells. Spells and shit. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <coughs> Damn. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. Um, in an interview, Mustaine said, "I used to do black magic when I was a kid, and I put a hex on a dude, and his leg kind of got messed up. The other one was I put a sex hex on this girl, and the next night she was in my bed. So I think that worked. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> you better quit playing with that shit. <laughs> no shit. Okay, that's um. You know what? I'm. You know I. I I was stressing all day about how I was going to do, you know, like this. Uh, we just get at it and have fun. See, exactly. I mean, like, I did write down, like, the discography and what the years. Uh, but other than that, now I'm reading, actually going into this stuff while we're doing this live. Yeah, so, so we got to have our, our honest reactions. Yeah, so this is, yeah, you no, know, these are live reactions. <clears throat> so There's that, nothing wrong with that. We've listened to this music for, for 20 years, but yeah. we actually break it down and, and, and get into what, what's behind yeah, it. Yeah, see, and like, especially with Megadeth, you know, I, I, I was always more Metallica. Yeah. You know, really didn't give a fuck about Megadeth, but then... Well, I liked them. I definitely listened to them, but they weren't oh, my top number oh, one. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you have... Um, you know, Die Hard Enough, 
or uh, Symphony of Destruction. Oh, that whole fucking oh, album I used yeah. to have on cassette tape, and I would do dishes. Mm-hmm. I would have to do these like after Thanksgiving or whenever we had family over or just doing dishes, period. I'd have to take out the trash and do the dishes, <clears throat> and I had one of those Walkman, mm-hmm. and I would put that that Symphony of Destruction, well, I'm in, well, Countdown to Extinction album, uh-huh. and I would play that song, that album, front to back, flip the tape over, be doing dishes. I would flip it over and over and over. I could listen to that album front to back even today so i know that whole album by heart mm. yeah so um the, their third release was so far so good so what yeah, that sounds like a metallica song it does uh, maybe he still hadn't let go at this point uh, well obviously he didn't let go for a yeah, long time yeah, but. so and this one came out 88 so they now instead of doing uh an album you know back to back like they did with the first two Actually, it took two years um, to do it. So we got Into the Lungs of Hell, Set the World of Fire, Anarchy in the UK, which I think I've heard that one. Oh, that's a Sex Pistols cover. Really? Yeah, it's fucking Okay, it. it's so cool. there's Mary Jane, 502, In oh. My Darkest Hour, Liar, Hook and Mouth, Into the Lungs of Hell, Set the World of Fire. Okay. And, oh, that's going into the remix. That's the remix, remastered edition <laughs> uh, bonus tracks. Okay. Um, what did you want to hear? You know, what? I want. I'm. I'm curious about their version of Anarchy in the USA because I do know that song by the Sex Pistols. Well, this one's Anarchy in the UK. <clears throat> oh, U- UK. Yeah. What did I say? The USA. Yeah. Did yeah, the oh, Sex yeah, Pistols no. do USA? No. No. Oh, okay. No. It, no. I, I misspoke. It's Anarchy in the UK. <laughs> okay. We're so used to seeing USA. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So when did this album come out? This came out in 1988. Oh. Okay. So. So two years after Peace Sells. Well, right before, well, actually, when Tracy Ullman was doing The Simpsons, before it came out in 89. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and a year before my sister was born. Yep. All right, well, let's hear Anarchy in the UK then. Okay, that was a coincidence, right? (laughs) (laughs) Now, if Out of the Ring did this song, that would have been fucking awesome. Oh my god, we gotta suggest that. that Hey, Juan, uh, Jim, if you guys listen, hey, why not do a cover of uh, Anarchy in the UK? That would would make a great rock song which it would go right back oh, to the sex pistols yeah yeah uh so would they be if they did it would they be covering megadeth's cover or would they be covering the sex pistol Ooh, you'd have to listen to the original as the sex pistols right to see which version they were going to go after because are they yeah. going to is this sped up or is the original yeah. a little slower that they're going to speed up yeah i don't know because I mean, this one like just like, it gives me that that sound like um, Out of the Ring has. You could hear yeah, it. Yeah, you could hear that yeah, style. Yeah, in there. yeah, style, yeah. yeah. Um, so Megadeth's version had altered lyrics 
Dave Mustaine explained that he could not understand Johnny Rotten singing, <laughs> so he made up the parts he could not understand. In a, in a notable example, the line, another council tendency is changed to an other cunt-like tendencies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> in addition, the country is changed to USA, though the title is kept unchanged. So okay, so okay, yeah. that's yeah, okay. He's paying homage to the original, and he's saying it in the USA. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. I get that. Oh wow. What um, else is on here? I don't remember any of these songs, uh, except for our final song. But um, that one we definitely got to wait. So we can uh, jump to uh, their fourth album, unless you just want to just pick a song there at random. Well, let's see here. What sounds good? Hook and mouth, liar. Hook and mouth, because I think that's going to tie into the hooks that are or, in or Rattlehead's mouth. Or set the world afire. Oh uh, yeah, fuck it. Let's see what's in that. Or should we do a coin of fate? Set the world afire, because this is you're gonna you're gonna like this. All right, up just a little bit. <clears throat> there, let's display it for the people on video, and let's kick some ass here, setting the world afire. Yeah, you know, I just uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I, I don't know why I'm so you know just worried. Hold on, uh, dropping a bomb. Almost like a Motorhead sound. A little bit of Lemmy in there, yeah. I hear a little bit of Metallica in there. Yeah. You hearing the same yep, shit? Yep, yep, exactly. I'm the, uh, just, hit, a, just a little bit. Hit the lights. Yes, that's it. That's the one I was thinking. There it is. I couldn't put the name to it. There it is. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. They do have some long-ass intros before, like, getting Just like Metallica, dude. They, 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 yeah. they were so alike and didn't want to admit it. And he wanted to be faster, heavier. Oh, he was he was killing it, though. Oh, yeah. He was. Oh, that sounded cool. Oh, that sounded beautiful. <clears throat> Ooh, he got a little grimy right there. Almost like a double voice.
Dude, that song is five minutes and 48 seconds long. Wow. Yeah, I had to play enough of his singing because uh-huh. it was like a, almost a minute and 30 intro. Yeah, yeah so um, Set the World of Fire was the first song David Stan wrote after being kicked out of Metallica. Huh, why the, did he wait till the third album to do it? On the topic, David Stain said, The first song that I wrote on my way back from New York was written <laughs> on the back of a cupcake wrapper, if you can believe that. What flavor was the cupcake? Uh-huh. Uh, I hope it was the, the yellow ones. It's like chocolate no more. You can't do chocolate no more? Chocolate fun. I, I mean, I, I have like little pieces of chocolate, but I can't eat like chocolate cake. and. What about a chocolate woman? Did you get a black girl? Well, I have. You have? <laughs> Lucky uh, bastard. I, I, haven't, I haven't had an Asian uh, or a black girl. I've been with both. You've had oh. an Asian girl? Uh, Mong. Did she oh, scream yeah. the whole time? Was she loud? I don't remember. You don't like, remember? That was like 15 years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <clears throat> um, That's like something you never forget. But so the song was originally titled Megadeth, inspired by a political pamphlet Mustaine had read on a bus ride after being kicked out. <clears throat> after the band decided to use the song title for the name of the band, they retitled the song Set the World Afire. It said, The arsenal of Megadeth can't be rid. I thought, what a fantastic song title. That song later became Set the World Afire. So in the midst of having a problem naming the band, it was suggested that we call ourselves Megadeth instead of the song. With extreme lack of foresight, I decided to go with that, not knowing what a professional setback the name would be for us. No one imagined this band would be, become this successful at the level where the name would affect us. When you're thinking about ruling the club circuit and playing at the arenas, and unsafe sex and drugs, alcohol, parties, and fighting, speeding down the roads. The thought of someone not liking your band because the name's Megadeth, it's like, fuck you, it's your loss. But when you're trying to get on the radio, that's something else entirely. Right. The song, <clears throat> lyrics of the song are about a nuclear holocaust. Beginning of the song features a quiet sample of I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire, a 1941 song by the Ink Spot. Yeah, that's... Well, that's huh. pretty interesting. I mean, you know, and this is stuff that I didn't even bother looking up. I'm like, okay, it's... I mean, that's how people learn. They learn a lot, right along with us. They don't have yeah. to do the homework we're doing it for. Yeah, and um, and, uh, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. I mean, like, this is, you know, <coughs> you know, I'm not a... Um, no. I, I would pick and choose my albums because there's a few that... I, <coughs> I, I would definitely go for all the hits. Yeah. Except for Countdown to Extinction. That whole album is a hit for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to find, let's see. See, their uh, next album was what? Oh, uh, Rust in Peace and yeah. uh, Hangar 18. I believe Oh, okay. That- I like, uh, two of my favorite songs off of this album are Hangar 18 and Holy Wars the Punch. Okay, yeah, I think I've heard that one. Hangar uh, 18, I believe... Is about aliens and uh, extraterrestrials and the Roswell crash way back in the day. Uh, um, well, let's play that one then yeah. while you're looking it up because that one yeah. I really, I really dig that one a lot. Yeah. So, so this was uh, Rest in Peace came out in 1990. So oh, the first album in the 90s. Right on. Yeah. So it was uh, two years later after uh, their last one. <clears throat> Okay, yeah, so it says right here, in 1947, near Roswell, New Mexico, eyewitnesses reported something had landed. This must be, uh, like, one of the hangars in, um... Uh, Hangar 18 is where they took the spaceship. In uh, Area 51? (coughs) Yeah. There he is. Vic. 
They even gave him a voice. There's an alien getting off a ship. Putting him in a box truck. Whoa. Hold it, hold it. <clears throat> There's all kinds of aliens in cages. Uh. I think that may have been like a Terminator hand. No. Yeah, the the uh, that wrote that mechanical hand. That oh. Did he knows too much. Aliens. Mm -hmm. No, I think that I think that robotic hand was um, just so that they didn't have to touch the alien in case they got infected. Yeah. Uh, it it could be. I kind of see where you're getting that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But. What did you find out about it? <clears throat> no, so uh, the uh, the cover art, um, the album, uh, the songs appears, uh, depicts the band's mascot, Vic Rattlehead, and a number of world le leaders viewing an alien in a cryogenic chamber, a clear reference to the track. Music, uh, Hangar 18, was one of a handful of Megadeth songs written by, was written for Dave Mustaine's first band, Panic. Other songs written for Panic include Rust in Peace, Flores, Mechanics, and Jump in the Fire. A that one on oh, the Jump in the Fire, that's a Metallica thing. Mm -hmm. A unique feature about the songs is that the bass uses a different tuning from the two lead guitars, the bass being a drop D, while the guitars are in standing tuning, standard tuning. The intro is a rapidly strummed version of the D minor of page arpeggio that Mustaine wrote for the Metallica's instrumental track The Call of Cthulhu mm. which, which was the final Metallica song which he was given credit oh okay and then that was uh, Cliff Burton <clears throat> that actually I ended up doing uh, Call of Cthulhu I believe well Cliff Burton did bass though yeah but well, that's uh and then there was a, a sequel to Hangar 18 called Return to Hangar um it's not showing that on this album. Here. No, it was uh, it was on uh, uh, their ninth album. And the Jump in the Fire one is not on there. Yeah, no, that's um, no. The, those are just songs that he had written. Oh, okay. He had, he had wrote. Well, that's <coughs> that's weird. That it. Um, I'm to clear my fucking throat today. <clears throat> was it like? Was there fires burning somewhere? Because it's like I don't know. I've been smelling it. Um, the, no, I'm curious about um, Holy Wars. The Punishment Due? Yeah, let's play that one. That one, because I've been hearing that one all day. Really? Yeah, it's been coming on my Pandora all day. Oh, so you've been uh, listening to Little Meg <coughs> too. Well, I kind of, what I do is I kind of play the music from that artist all day uh -huh. to kind of get hyped up, like like we're going to a concert. I like doing that. <sighs> that kind of gets me um, kind of in the mood for the you know the show that we're going to do. Yeah. And, and I like doing that, because it's 
It gets me prepped. Yeah, you know, and uh, but I, none I, of the songs we had talked about up to this point came on except for Holy Wars. Oh uh, yeah, and I think Hangar Eighteen came on the other day. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I put it on my Spotify too, and uh, just to you know, just hear a song by Megadeth because. <coughs> but then, of course, you know they. Um, then it came, uh, uh, you know, so different songs. Yeah, yeah, because it's then, in that genre. Yeah, but then after, you know, it was all Megadeth, but after, like, you know, after an hour, I'm like, okay, you know, that's enough. I'm going to put on my Pandora and I'll listen to fucking uh, Psycho Stick. And then that song, uh, Rent in Peace, finally came on my fucking Pandora. And I love that song. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into Holy Wars, The Punishment Due. Mm-hmm. It's a six and a half minute song. I love the fucking jamming they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Serious speed metal. Let's see how long it takes to get to some lyrics. <laughs> I, I like how they're all their backs are to each other. Yeah. Yeah, I faded out right when he says holy wars. So yeah. that right there, you're seeing uh, Saudi Arabia or Afghanistan or wherever they're talking about. Okay. And so he's talking about having <clears throat> wars in foreign lands. You finding a synopsis on it? Yes, actually. Um, that's what that's why I'm kind of going through <clears throat> the ones that actually have uh, you know like a background on them. Okay. Um, uh, the song has an unusual structure. Opens with a fast thrash section shifting at two uh, twenty six after an acoustic bridge by Marty Friedman. To a different, slower, heavier section called The Punishment Due. Uh, interspersed by two guitar solos played by Freeman before speeding up again with a third final solo played during the segment by Dave Mustaine. The entire song is commonly referenced as to Holy Wars with The Punishment Due referring to the heavier, slower section. The lyrics deal with the global religious conflict, particularly in, Ir- in Israel and Northern Ireland. In an interview with the UK magazine guitarist, 
Damon Stain said that he was inspired to write the song in Northern Ireland when he discovered bootlegged Megadeth t-shirts were on sale but was, and was dissuaded from taking action to have them removed on the basis they were part of a fundraising activities for the cause, the Provisional Irish Republican Army. The punishment due <coughs> is based on popular Marvel comic book character Punisher. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. So yeah. he has a little comic book influence yeah. too. So, and this uh, legacy, Holy Wars Punishment Due, is widely considered one of Megadeth's greatest songs and one of the greatest songs in metal. It's definitely, <clears throat> it definitely been playing all day. I got hooked on it. Yeah. And uh, it was on Rock Revolution, uh, Rock <laughs> Band, uh, Guitar Hero, Royals, Warriors of Rock, and Rocksmith 2014. Huh. I don't remember. But I think it was you had to download the fucking uh, song and shit, or the album. <clears throat> now, this next album is definitely my favorite album. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and this, um, Countdown to Extinction, their fifth studio album, came out in 92. So it, they took them another two years yeah. to come out with... Uh, <coughs> well, he's not another, rushing it. No. <coughs> <clears throat> and um, it received positive reaction from music critics and noted politically oriented lyrics and simplified sound in comparison to the previous record. It achieved uh, double platinum. The record was nominated for Best Metal Performance at the 93 Grammys, and the album's title truck won Humane Society's Genesis Award for raising awareness for animal rights issues. This is the first album where it doesn't have Vic Rattlehead on the cover. Yeah, yeah. It was a very bold move of them. Yeah, and... Um, they, I mean, they, Symphony of Destruction, <clears throat> obviously top typically. Oh, yeah, definitely. was our intro song. But, I mean, Skin of My Teeth, Architecture of Aggression, Foreclosure uh-huh. of a Dream, Sweating Bullets, This Is My Life, Countdown, High Speed Dirt, that one's awesome. You need to get a little closer here. Psychotron and Captive Honor. Those yeah. were fantastic. Yeah. Whole album front to back. Yeah, um, uh, I say, I mean, <coughs> you know, the, and the one song that been I've been coming on more is "Sweating Bullets." Oh, I fucking love that song. But you know, just the way I mean, it, for for I don't know how many years. I mean, I haven't looked up the lyrics, but when he's going to that part, it sounds like sweating balls, not sweating bullets. You know, I never heard him say that. I never thought I heard him say that either. That's what's crazy. So here's one of the greatest songs off this album, Sweating Bullets. <coughs> oh. Hello, me. Meet the real me. And my misfits way of life. A dark black past is my most valued possession. Hindsight is always 2020. But looking back, it's still a bit fuzzy. Speak of mutually assured destruction. Nice story. Tough bears, gotcha. Feeling paranoid to enemy or posturing. Anxiety's attacking me. My hair is getting thin. I'm in trouble for things I haven't got to yet. I'm jumping at the bit. Me again. 
can subdue but never tame. It gives me a migraine headache. Sinking down to your level. Yeah, just keep on thinking it's my fault. I stay an inch or two at a kicking distance. Mankind has got to know his limitations. Across the forbidden like the walls Wait, hold on. I want to hear this. Oh, yeah, see? Huh. Dude, I could listen to that f- fucking whole album. Oh yeah. Oh no. my god. Okay, so hindsight's always twenty twenty. When you make a mistake, you always see. Well, oh, I should have done it this way. Your huh. your vision is perfect on what you should have done afterwards. Mm-hmm. So uh, the lyrics are a first person perspective of someone suffering from schizophrenia. Mustaine wrote the lyrics to express an idea that everyone suffers from <laughs> mental Ill- illness in their own ways, stating. I wrote that about myself. It was pointed out to me that I'm kind of schizophrenic and I live inside my head, which is something I don't subscribe to, but I enjoyed the theory nonetheless. Well, because he had three other dudes in the video criticizing himself, and everybody's a self-critic on some level of themselves, mm-hmm. where they think, oh, man, I could have done this better, or oh, maybe I'm thinking too much. Or Yeah, that says, um, <coughs> I think all of us are sweating bullets all the time. Society's a joke right now, and people are getting more and more hostile. When you think about having an evil twin or schizophrenia, I think a lot of us are schizo because we live inside our heads. I, I, I'm definitely guilty oh, yeah, of that. I could see that. I mean, that this song applies today. Yeah. Look yeah. at how angry people are getting. Yeah. There's someone we all confer with. It's called <laughs> our conscience. Some people cannot control their outside. It takes them over. <laughs> Everybody has that psychotic side. Everyone has a thing that will make them snap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I never really thought about uh, no, looking up uh, that song. Um, okay, so what's another one? Because I, I, know, I know every single one of these. Okay, so... is Oh, well, there's a Japanese edition bonus track, Go to Hell, from Bill and Ted's Bogus <laughs> Journey. You want to play that one? Yeah. I'm... All right, let me go back and see if I can get the whole... It doesn't, it's not showing it here on the album, so oh, let me case. go back to view all. Oh, maybe it's... Uh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be down here, but it's just going to be on the... Oh, maybe it's not. Um, no, it's not on this one. So, I mean, I guess uh, Skin on My Teeth? Oh, yes. That's a good one. Oh, and this is the shortest song on the album. Three minutes, 14 seconds. <clears throat> yeah, let me uh, <clears throat> ask these ads here, and we will go for See who are watching on video. Here we go, Skin on My Teeth. Okay, yeah, I definitely know the song now. 
Dude, I fuck. I can't. I, I, dude. I put this a whole album on today while I was at work, mm-hmm. and I played the whole fucking album because <laughs> we were on the subject. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, I haven't listened to that album since I was a kid. I've heard songs here and there, but I'm gonna do the whole uh, album like I'm doing dishes. Yeah. Um. And the song deals with the theme of a suicide attempt, similar to the origin of the phrase "skin of my teeth," where the commentator narrowly <coughs> escapes death. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, so um, yeah, so that was a countdown to extinction. Um, oh shit. Uh, this oh, uh, euthanasia came out in 1994. So another two years have passed since uh, their last album. So this is already their sixth album. Uh, the title is a play on words, implying society is euthanizing its youth. Cover art features elderly women hanging babies by their feet on the seemingly endless clotheslines, a direct reference to a line in the title track. <clears throat> uh, now, this one, there's been a bunch of songs that I've uh, been listening to. One song I just, in particular, I've been listening to, and that's been um, uh, really just, I've been listening to it, listening, looking at the lyrics. I'm, this is the song that I've been looking forward to all week. Um, there is a um, original um, um, <clears throat> original version that was on this album, and then they did a uh, Make- a, a, a reissued, remade, and reissued featuring uh, Christina Scabia. But that song sounded really good too. But oh, from want- Laguna Coil, yeah, she did a good yeah, job with it. Yeah, and uh, um, this. <clears throat> uh, so the song's called "A Tour Le Monde." Uh, music video was banned by MTV who claimed it was pro-suicide. In an interview conducted around 94, Mustaine stated, it's not a suicide song. It is what it is, it's you. It's when people have a loved one that dies, they end on a bad note. You know, they wish they could say something to them. So this is an opportunity for the deceased to say something before they go. And in my impression of what I would like to say to people, if I had, say... Three seconds to do so in life because before I died, I'd say to the entire world, to all my friends, I love you all, and now I must go. These are the last words I'll ever speak, and they'll set me free. I don't have to say I'm sorry. I don't have to say I'm going to miss you, and I'll wait for you. You know, I just say, I'll just say, I loved you all, good, bad, indifferent. I loved you all. And uh, the chorus, A tout le monde, a tout mes amis, je vous aime. To everyone, to all my friends, I love you. I must go. Well, you did that really well. You should start speaking French, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I, I've been practicing that, reading that, that part. Here's a, a toot your mound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just sound so wokey. <laughs> I love this song. <laughs> yeah, me too. You want to play the whole thing? Let's yeah. I had no idea what it cost 
My life passed before my eyes I found out how little I accomplished All my plans tonight So as you read this, know my friends I'd love to stay with you all Smiling I love that sound right there. So on that note, we have on our Instagram, uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram, it's readyplayeru with underscores between each word. And two days ago, which would have been the first, Uh this album was their sixth studio album released on the 1st of October or November 1994. That's how long ago that came out. Yeah. And yep. We have released November 1st, 1994. Yeah, that song is, I mean, especially after I read, um, I mean, like, I, you know, when I listen to the music, you know, like, I can, I can understand, I mean, you know, losing, uh, you know, my dad, um, my grandpa, my 
know, uh, Junior William, and I can I can hear what you know a little bit what the lyrics where I could apply it to myself, but then looking what it's actually what about it's like mm-hmm. you know those that have passed away is just like no this is their it's good, words it, to them that you wish you could say it, no it's the, the last word that they would say to you ah uh. so no I I didn't think about that I mean like what would be the last thing that my dad would tell me you know or what uh, William would have said and I mean the, I mean listen to that song I, I <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's uh, for me that I hear that song and I get a little emotional because this is uh, it's just a powerful song to me. Uh, you know, somebody's like, "Oh, it's a lot of screaming or whatever." Yeah, but, but see, that's that's the thing about <clears throat> metal and and thrash metal and screamo and all that stuff. It's you're not going to be murderous motherfucker, but you got to get your frustrations out somehow. Some people take it out in the art form of metal music. Some people do art. Some people read books. Some people go build cars. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He chose to take it out with music. That's his weapon. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <coughs> so, me. so uh, uh, train of consequences. Oh, I fucking um, love that song. This was their first single off of uh, Euthanasia, and the song is included on compilation albums. Um, now it's a uh, um, release. Was a retail single was only released in the UK. Australia, Netherlands, and Japan. However, the song was released as an extended play and radio promotional single in the U.S. In a review of the Euthanasia album, All Music said that unfortunately they have abandoned some of their more experimental, progressive elements in their music, but those are hardly missed in the jackhammer riffs of tracks like Train of Consequences. According to the WeLoveMetal.com website, Train of Consequences is a song inspired by gambling and tells of the ill effects of gambling to man in society. Mm. Review of the, the, in a review of the album by Billboard, the song Train of Consequences, Megadeth delivered trademark aggressive rage, r- aggressive rage and roll to powerful effect. Uh, instead of rock and roll. Now, I know this song played in a movie soundtrack. So I can't remember which one, though. Hmm. But I remember hearing it on a soundtrack. But we'll kick it off here. Which starts off real quiet. Hmm. This is a really quiet version that we got here. Oh yeah. Oh, it's oh, it's a video. Oh no, the other video did fine. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, let's see, hanging the babies by their feet like the euthanasia. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, you, okay. def- you definitely hear a different sound. <coughs> uh, not no that heavy, um, like their uh, other albums. Well, you know what I noticed too is on this album and and Countdown to Extinction, he didn't take a minute and thirty seconds to get into the song. Yeah, he jumped in a lot sooner. Yeah, maybe he was getting excited, or he wanted to save the speed metal parts to the middle, or something, or play him sing over those parts too. Right, yeah, you know, definitely uh, like uh, uh, a Mon That was definitely like a slower song than what we've been uh, listening to. Yeah, too. well, it, it was from the heart too. Well, not mm. like not like any of these weren't from the heart. Yeah, but that one was more. Um, um, I don't know, personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, <coughs> we go into their um, seventh album. I don't know. Do you really want to go through uh, sixteen albums, or do you want to jump around? We can jump around. We can just cover the hits or the things that, that yeah. we love. Um, you know, we what? don't have to go through all sixteen if yeah. you want to. I mean, uh, in that case, um, the, the album that I actually have by Megadeth, just because I knew there's a one song. What's it called? Um, that uh, um, that I heard on the radio, and I bought the album just to listen to the song. <laughs> so, um, what's it, the name of the it, album? It was a uh, um, was it died dead enough? Okay. I don't know if I've heard this one. Yeah. You know, I probably have. And then, um... <coughs> oh. Let's see, the whole album is... right, oh, right there. That's it, yeah. That's going to be oh, the whole album. Oh, that was a remaster, right? It's going to be the same. Oh. Looking for the album list. Here we go. Huh. I want the whole list of music there. That way we can pick... Right. Oh, this one has Kick the Chair on it. I have heard this one. Yeah, yeah um, The Scorpion, uh, that's another good song, too. The Mice and Men... Why is it not showing? Oh, here we go. Oh, huh. Full album. Usually it just pops up with four. Right. They don't have to look. Oh, it's called The System Has Failed. Yeah. There it goes. And you're wanting to hear the Die Dead Enough song. Yes. That's where I got fucked up. Okay. Okay. Now I understand. Now this one is actually in uh, in my uh, CD player right now in the car. Nice. So I've, right. been, I've been listening to it almost a week. Let's hear this. Die Dead Enough by Megadeth. Oh, look. There's, there's Vic. Yep. He's back on the album. song, I love it.
Okay, a couple thoughts. On the album cover, we see George Bush, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. Uh, let's see, who else is there? We see Nancy Pelosi way in the back, and then behind them, the FBI or the Secret Service. And uh, let's see, Haney has a Plan B suitcase, and they're all in line to pay for a not guilty verdict when they get caught doing something they shouldn't do. They've been trying to tell us for years, bro. Huh, I never uh, noticed that. They've been trying to tell us for years. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um. So this, uh, the background of this album, uh, in 2002, like <laughs> we had talked about in the beginning, uh, um, David Stain announced that he was disbanding the band due to an arm injury that rendered him unable to play guitar. In a statement published on uh, in 2002. He said that the doctors expected that it would take about a year before he would recover from the injury. However, it was uncertain as to how complete of a recovery it would be. Stane stated his hopes to regain the ability to play guitar. He subsequently recovered following months of physical therapy. Um, and so, uh, originally, is intended to be a solo album uh, by Mustaine. The record was rebranded with the Megadeth name as a result of contract. Contra- ah, contractual Actual. obligations owned by Mustaine Publishing Company. Mustaine co-produced the re- record. Uh, 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 upon uh, restarting Megadeth, uh, Mustaine contacted uh, base the uh, contacted bassist and founding member uh, David Delfson after resuming bass guitar duties for the band. Uh, efforts were ultimately ultimately fruitless. However, Elson. Uh, claimed that Mustaine was not financially willing to pick up where it was when the band broke up, did not return. So he he uh, that guy played um, on uh, some of the other albums. And uh, you're right, the cover art was designed by Mike Learn and features Vic Rattlehead at a podium in front of the United States Supreme Court building, selling a not guilty verdict to then President then U.S. President George W. Bush. Saluting is Hillary Clinton, next to former President Bill Clinton. Behind President Bush, Vice President Dick Cheney holds a briefcase labeled Plan B. Behind Cheney are several other Bush administration officials, then National Security Advisor, and later Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld, and Attorney General John Ashcroft. The $100 bills on the cover depict Vic Rattlehead's face rather than the one in, of Benjamin Franklin. Right. And, okay, so I got Condoleezza's Rice mixed up with Nancy Pelosi, but all of them are guilty of some serious fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Which might have to start a different show just to cover that <laughs> rabbit hole shit. <laughs> um, I don't got the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, the So Die Dead Enough was the least single, single off of this album. Mustaine wrote it. When he was asked to write a song for the movie Tomb Raider 2. Mm. But the proposed budget for recording was too low and the deal fell through. Later on, the song was supposed to be featured in the film Saw, but ultimately was not for undisclosed reasons. This was later followed by release of, of Mice and Men. Additionally, Kick the Chair was released for as free promotional download. Uh, no, so I mean, it's a really good song. And, um,. You know, the one that I uh, I liked was, um, I was just looking right now, there's a song uh, called Shadow of Death. Ooh, D-E-T-H. Yep. Just and, like their name spelled D-E-T-H. And uh, the lyrics, 
apparently, <coughs> this is from Psalm 23, credited to David. Ooh, religious. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's cool. Well, they're quoting background here. So you oh. Cover. Okay, yeah. So I do know uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What else? That's what I can remember. <laughs> That's what you can remember. Oh, I thought you were going to go into a whole oh, thing. Oh, and, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Where's the Hebrew text? Uh, yeah, the Lord is my shepherd, shall not walk. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me to the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk to the valley shadow of death, I'll feel no evil, though thou art with me. They rod thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all my days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Whoa, that's something I haven't read in, I can't tell me how many years. <laughs> you should start coming to church with me on Sunday, man. It's a good time. Mm, so. All right, well, let's get into Shadow of Death, which is based on Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I think I need to listen to this full album. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that voice in the beginning was almost like a Viking. Yeah. I like that. about the whole song right there. We only got about 10 seconds left of it. That was the whole lyrics. That oh. verse was the whole lyric of the oh, song. Wow. I didn't know that. No, I didn't. And naturally, they're not going to play that on the radio. Yeah. Because you know, they, they don't want you to have any, any religion on the radio. Right. Um, if you want to play a little bit of the Scorpion, and then we can uh, uh, go into some of... Uh, Definitely. Uh, these other songs I think I've ever heard. Um, oh, oh yeah, that, okay, I remember that song now, too. I know I've heard Kick the Chair, unless you want to play that one. Um, you know, I, I like, uh, the Scorpion, the Scorpion. I never heard the Scorpion, though, so we could play that yeah, one. Yeah, 
You see, and it's uh, it's one I've been switching back and forth from. Uh, I did enough in that one. All right, well, let's or, hear it, because I've never heard this one. And maybe I haven't, I just forgot. Well, maybe that was the wrong song I was thinking of. This is the way. Too late. Oh, yeah, no, this is the one. Okay, good. Because <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the one. like that oh, yeah okay so this isn't on one of their album uh this ain't off of uh, their own album but this was off of a soundtrack if you want to look up angry again that one i know oh my god i, I love f- that that was last action hero uh, yes i fucking love that movie i love that song i, I did too even i forgot it all was, about that it was uh, you know it was a shitty movie but i mean i still enjoy it. i, I like it. it it was one of those movies that made fun of movies yeah i wasn't seeing it in theaters with my cousins when it first came out and that was back in 94 and then of course they did a song for the beavis and butthead experience Wait, Megadeth did a song for Beavis and Butthead Experience? Yeah, it was. A, I think it was an album. Because uh, I, I, I remember first. I think first time I ever heard Megadeth was on Beavis and Butthead. As you know, they used to do the reviews and shit. Okay. Oh shit. <clears throat> oh, so it was, yeah, that's right. It's off of their greatest hits album. Yeah, and yeah. the album was called Back to the Start. Okay, I see that that cover. I know. <clears throat> so here we go with the the song from the. Oh look, you can see you know Vic Rattlehead in the Mushroom Cloud. Oh shit! I yeah, mean, I didn't. Even, I never noticed that. Uh, yeah, me either. That's right. dope. Here we go. Angry again. Uh huh. I used to play this song over and over. I forgot all about it. See, I told you there was a song in a, in a movie soundtrack. Yeah. Come 
best part. How are you on time? Huh? Well, so take a a quick five. What did you want to do? Well, so take a quick five. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, we are back. So, um, go, uh, speaking of uh, the system has failed, uh, it um. Uh, the System of Fail received positive reception from critics, debuted at number 18 on Billboard 200. Mm-hmm. Album is generally thought as being a return to form for the band after release of more commercially accessible albums through the 90s. Die Dead Enough and Of Mice and Men were released as singles in 2004, and The Scorpion was released as a single in 2005. Uh, the track Back in the Day was featured in the Duck Dodgers episode in Space, No Can Hear You Rock in 2005, which featured an animated version of the band performing the song. Uh, um, <clears throat> uh, so, let's see, what was it? Um, I seen something that they gave, uh, they um, uh, compared the uh, album uh, to, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, so, um, in spite of largely positive reception, not all reaction was completely positive. Tom Day of Music OMH had a, rea- a mixed reaction of the album. Day called Day Die Dead Enough a slice of classic death, though noting its slightly more mainstream sound. Later in his review, however, he noted that the shadow of death is seeing that Mustaine had run out of ideas. Mm. Nick Lancaster from Drowned in Sound also reacted un. un- enthusiastically towards the album saying it was a severe case of St. Anger Syndrome. However, he had there was more occasional moments of the old magic. There are few and far between. Mm. And St. Anger by Metallica had came out in 2003. Mm. So this came out a year uh, later. And it's I mean, you can tell, I mean, it's not the, the old Megadeth, but it's definitely, like, maybe a little tweak to... I still like it. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's, it's <coughs> still it's still a great album. Um, What's the next one you got on the list here I want to cover? Oh, see, um, see, some of the Rusty songs, I don't know. I know we've hidden some of the uh, hits. Um, so, if you want to check out, um, I kind of wanted to hear... Uh, a song with the uh, Christina Scabia, but we could always hold off on that one. We could play uh, it if you want, but yeah, you know, I just uh, you know just to hear her vocals and uh, it's uh, uh, Tudor Lamone uh, set me free. So it was um, so when they did this song with uh, uh, Christina Scabia from uh, Lacuna Coil, mm-hmm. they changed the uh, the name uh, to La Tudor Lamone set me free to uh, distinct it from the original. Mm. So, you know, if you're looking up the song, and uh, she's in the video, 
and it's uh, it's really good, especially with her vocals. I mean, I I really enjoy. I mean, the original is probably still my favorite, but um, so this one is uh, "To the Moon, Semi Free," and it was off of their United Abominations album. And the song title been revised in order to distinguish it from the original. Though it's on whose album? This is Megadeth. This is so bad. It was uh, um, the original release of the song. Uh, does not feature a grave accent with the letter A anywhere within the title. Liner notes, lyrics, and cover art. This was later rectified in 2007 version. Don't remember where I was. I realize life is a game. Oh, there she is on the couch. Seriously, I took things The harder the rules became I had no idea What it cost My life passed before my eyes I found out how little I accomplished All my plans tonight So as you read this know my friends I'd love to stay with you all Please smile when you think of me My body's gone That's He's hot. Oh, yeah. She doesn't take over the song, or does she take it over she right here? She does uh, towards the end. Well, let's get to that, because that's what I want to hear. Yeah. Here we go. Let's get to this part right here. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't play a big role in it. Yeah, well, you skip most of uh, her uh, that verse. Yeah, but but I mean, she she has a beautiful voice. Yeah, she's I mean, beautiful they, they, and has a beautiful voice. Yeah, there's uh, and uh, so like both the original music video for "To Lemon" and the remake remain banned by MTV. Wow, possibly by lyrical content that had been deemed to be retained. You know, they're, they're ones to talk when they have this fucking, what is that, real world bullshit and mm-hmm. all that other fucking crap going on. Uh-huh. They're one to talk, fucking hypocrites. Yeah, and uh, the duet version did, however, air on MTV2's Headbangers Ball. I fucking love that show. I miss that, that show. Oh my god, that shit was... Uh, hey, are we getting close to the album that I bought from Walmart that one time? Uh, I don't remember what the album was. It was gray on the cover, and it had like a circle with like red lines through it. Oh, 
Oh, wait. That was... Is that one of the ones we skipped? I th- No, I think it's one that we actually uh, had already talked about. Um, no, it definitely wasn't. Let's see. I remember it had a different... Yeah, cover um, on it. it was... Uh, Let's see. I can tell you which one it was. And you tell me if it's if, I, if we covered oh, it. Oh, uh, uh, Cryptic Writings. That, I think that's the one. That's with the, the gray uh, yeah. cover. Yeah. Yes. Is that the next one? Or are no. we getting close to that one? Oh no! This was um, this was actually one of their first. Um, actually, this was an album after uh, Euthanasia. Yeah. See, when when I bought that album, that was the time we were leaving Walmart, and that was the first time you stole a Bone Thugs and Harmony album. <laughs> and then years later, you end up getting caught, or you got caught at some point. Yeah, yeah. And then years later, you or you got banned from Walmart. <laughs> and then and then you got banned from Walmart for life and then you end up working for those motherfuckers and they built a new store. Yeah. Did they ever did they ever bring it up when you got hired at Walmart? No, I don't think anything. I mean, <laughs> probably most of the employees were already gone or probably some were still working there but they didn't work in uh, That's funny. I know. <laughs> um I know I don't under, I don't know if I remember any of these songs. I mean, if you want to try a trust then Trust and Sin were definitely good ones. Yeah, Trust, um, that one, um, they actually have a Spanish version of the song. Really? Yeah, on a Latin American edition of Cryptic Writings. Let's see, I hear, I see Trust, and then I see, <clears throat> where's the other one, Sin, yeah. And the uh, instrumental version was released for Extreme Championship Wrestling, performer Jerry Lynn, and was later issued on ECW Extreme Music. Also, Jerry Lynn uses as uh, his opening, uh, as his, uh, um, his, uh, his uh, main theme to coming out. Who's so, Jerry Lynn? Yeah, you know, he was uh, um, part of a ECW. Oh, um, okay. So he had like big fuse with uh, Rob Van Dam. Um, yeah, I don't follow ECW like you did. Oh yeah, no, I was. I was. Uh, All right, so it, let's let's hear a little bit of trust because I know this is one of the ones where he, I think he's talking about um, and his woman are like getting it on or whatever, and they lie to each other about how they're in love or something like that? Oh. Hmm. You remember it yet? Oh, see, yeah, I, I, know the, I know the beginning, because this is what everyone want, um, the intro for uh, Jerry Lynn. Well, yeah. But the actual song, I do not remember. I think this is only the second album I ever owned by Megadeth. That one and Countdown to Extinction. Other than that, I've owned every Metallica album they ever put out. But Megadeth, I picked the ones that I wanted. Hmm. It was very weird for me. i 
know the song now. Yeah. So oh, definitely. Yeah. Then now, now I know the song. Um, so Rolling Stone was more generous towards cryptic writings. Reviewer John Weirhorn <laughs> commented that the album should thrill Metallica fans who felt screwed by the band's thrashless, thrashless 1996 album Load. Mm, I liked Load. I liked Load and Reload. Yeah, both of them were good. Albums. I, I liked them. It was definitely a little different than what they normally did, but yeah. I liked it. King yeah. Nothing, all that shit, dude. Holy, they were fucking oh, yeah. awesome. King Nothing, that's probably one of my favorites. Or, um, damn, what's the other one? There's another one, too, on there. Um, Fuel? No? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Fuel was on a Reload, but there was another song on Load. Um, I'd have to uh, actually like look it up, but um, it was... It's okay. We'll get into that. No, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, the um, King Nothing. That was another one, a good one. And then Until It Sleeps. Until It Sleeps, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, those are... No, those Low are, Man's Lyric. I loved a lot of stuff off of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it was different. I mean, it, you know, you go from, you know, the Black Album to Load. Yeah, it, it, you, you're in for a culture shock if you switch albums. Yeah, yeah, so but I they mean... they kept, they, they were, they kept this progression going of their style. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So do you want to hear, um, Sin? Yeah, yeah, you go ahead and uh, play it, because I don't think I've ever heard of it. I think I think this is one of the ones that I remember, but I'm not positive. But let's see here. Get past these ads, and then we shall reveal the album cover to the again and play the song. I definitely don't remember this song. It's catchy and it's got some it's got some upbeat to it, but it definitely doesn't yeah. it definitely doesn't grab me like the other ones. No, no. Um, no. I'm I kind of want to jump to their last album, then we can uh, kind of wrap up. Okay, um, so what do we got here? So uh, the album is called "The Sick, The Dying, and the Dead." Ooh, and this very is, cryptic. And this is their sixteenth album that was released September second, twenty twenty two. Ooh, this has got a wicked bad album cover. I know, I, I yeah. Um, it's the first Megadeth album to feature drummer Dirk Verbruen. <laughs> Dirk, Dirk Ver, Verbruen. Yeah, you. Stop it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it's and the it's their first studio album in six years since oh, Estobia. <laughs> so marking the longest gap between two studio albums in the band's career. How long was it before they made this album? It was um, between albums. So it was been six years. Damn, that is because yeah. normally they were doing like a two-year deal. Yeah. So um, as a, according to the discography, <laughs> like how we've been talking, "Killing Is My Business" came out eighty-five. A year later, they do "P Cells." Who's buying? 
Yeah, that was 86. So far, so good. So what? Two years later in 88. Then Rest in Peace was nine, uh, 1990. Countdown to Extinction, 1992. Euthanasia, 1994. Cryptic Writings came out in 1997. So there was a three-year gap there. Okay, so they started getting a little bit longer with their release. And then uh, Risk came out in 1999. So back to the two years. A World Needs a Hero, 2001. System Has Failed came out 2004, so three years between albums. Uh, United Abominations, 2007, so that was another three years. So they're just basically doing whatever it takes to get the album out. Uh, Endgame uh, came out 2009, so that was two years. Uh, 13 came out in 2011, which was their 13th album. Right, right. And then um, Super Collider came out 2013, so that was a two-year gap. And then Dystopia came out 2016, which was a three years. And then this one, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead, 2022, so that was a six-year gap. Let's see, I don't recognize, I might have heard these, but I don't recognize off the top, maybe Killing Time or Mm. The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Yeah, Um, so a little thing on it, uh, work on Sick, The Dying, The Dead, and the Dead began in 2019, but faced a number of delays due to Mustaine being diagnosed with throat cancer the same year along with the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. In 2021, long-time bassist David uh, Elfson was dismissed from Megadeth. Uh, His bass parts were removed from the album and re-recorded by Testament bassist Steve DiGiorgio. Ooh, Testament. Uh, uh, Sick died... The Dying and the Dead received largely positive reviews with critics saying the album continued the trajectory set by Dystopia. It deb- debuted at number three on the U.S. Billboard 200 oh. and is Megadeth's highest charting album around the rest of the world, reaching number one in Finland, number two in Australia, Poland, Switzerland, and Scotland, and number three in the U.K., among others. Lee singer Will Be Back was nominated for Best Metal Performance at the 65th annual grammy awards so i say that's uh we'll be back we'll be back you want to play that one yeah it's uh find the album and um we'll be back is about a soldier's bravery personal sacrifice and will to survive it doesn't show it here i see sick the dying and the dead life is hell night stalkers dogs of chernobyl sacrifice junkie psychopath killing time soldier on and celebu tante uh, what if you do, um, the view all? I did that. Yeah, no, really? I did that. Oh, it says Night Stalkers, Life is Hell, Sick the Dying in the Dead, Killing Time, Soldier On. You see, your mission, mission to Mars, Police Truck, The Planet's on Fire. What the? I don't know. So that, oh, that might, oh, that might be the, uh, digital edition. Maybe. We'll Be Back is supposed to be the 12th song. It's the last song of the album. Yeah, it's not here. Uh, okay, so uh, what about Soldier or Nice Stalkers featuring Ice T? No way. Let's hear that one. Let's hear that one. Pass these little Addy ads here. Yeah, the song featured rapper Ice T on guest vocals roughly halfway through the song. Halfway, <clears throat> huh? All right, let's see how long this song is. Six minutes, 54 seconds. Oh, so like maybe three minutes. <laughs> well, let's hear it. Let's see what we can see. See how it starts off here.
concealed in the night from the light of the moon Undetected between the heavens, the stars and the seas They seize the night when it's dark like inside a tomb Oh! They leave their flat black body armor dreams We got zombies in the water Oh, he still got it, baby. Oh, yeah. I think that's the first time I've ever heard him say the F word. He's transforming into Vic the Rattlehead. <laughs> Those of you got to watch the video to see this. Dude, this song is fucking bitching. Hell yeah. Oh, dude, this song is sick as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I want, we gotta I, hear the ice tea part. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. And he's like having nightmares of his life before turning into uh, Vic Rattlehead. Had a family, all that. Also, oh, he's having dreams because nightmares, nightmares would be bad. Dude, that fuck, yeah. holy shit, dude! That yeah. that is fucking awesome. Yeah, and with the Ice T, cause you know, you know he's a rapper, but he has that his um, uh, own rock metal band. Yeah, uh, Body Count. Yeah. So on the song's lyrical content, uh, Mustaine said it's a brutal song. Night Stalkers is about the 160th Battalion of the U United States Army. Go baby! And it's all the black ops helicopters that go in at night. Nobody knows they're there. They're in, they're out. 
And I had my buddy Ice-T join me on a part in the middle of it because Ice was a ranger for the army and he did two tours over in Afghanistan, I think it was. I didn't know that. I mean, either. Uh, Mustaine also commented, I think this is the fastest song we've ever done. 190 BPM with beats per minute. Yeah. The song needed that frantic pace because Nice Oxford is a secret helicopter division of the military. They fly missions at night. No one knows what they're going to do until it happens. Oh, I love it. The music video was made uh, for the song. The second of the three vi- music videos leading to the release of the album. Chronicling, chronic, uh, chronicling the origins of the band's mascot, Vic Rattlehead. The Nice Doctor's music video shows Vic Rattlehead's transformation from a husband, father, and soldier into an almost Darth Vader-esque monstrosity <laughs> who exacts revenge on his enemies as he's haunted by memories from his past. It is, man. So from the the in, uh, conception of Vic Rattlehead, and then actually do a video showing his real origin. You know, after, what, 40 years, then you finally get an origin of uh, Vic. Which is, that's actually pretty fucking cool. I mean, you know, it's, uh... So, um... I was gonna look up that We'll Be Back song. Oh. I found it. Oh, yeah. Do you want to play that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's in, um... We'll probably uh, end with this one and then maybe talk about uh, our uh, final song um, before we get into the emails. Or Yeah, definitely. Or we could do the emails and then we talk about the final song. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Because we got to bring up the origin of, of death and the reasons why. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we go with We'll Be Back. Okay, so on that album cover, you see in the background, there's those plague doctors with long beak masks. Oh, yeah. And they're burning all the dead bodies to kill whatever disease and stuff is going on. Yeah. They didn't have a cure for it. They didn't know what yeah. penicillin was back then or whatever. Yeah, so <clears throat> you know, like we said, um, it's about a soldier bravery, personal sacrifice, and will to survive. Uh, it was the first song from the album to be played live. Uh, music video was made for the song Chronicling the Origins of the Band's Mascot, uh, Vic Rattlehead. The music video, the first of three music videos leading up to the release of the album, depicts close quarters military gun battles. 
So, I mean, if that one has, you know, more of uh, of Vic's transition into uh, the mascot that we all know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I definitely have to check out these other music videos, see which what uh, the other one was. Uh, that way, to, um, they, we can maybe see that transition into Nice Stalkers and then uh, whatever the third uh, album was or the third song was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Let's so. see if we got any emails here. Uh, I'm working on our business cards, but uh, did you guys try that that QR code I sent you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had Karina uh, scan it. I had uh, uh, my buddy Noah from work. He scanned it, and uh, it was like, yeah, no, it goes takes you to the socials. It takes you to the store. Yeah. So, what were you, you guys just had too many beers the other night or something? You were clicking the wrong button. Yeah. Was, it, I had our, Anthony try it on his iPhone, and it works just fine. Yeah, I, I don't know because, uh, oh, maybe us was <laughs> probably what it was. I figured you guys were just too drunk to figure it out, or you were touching buttons too fast, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I don't see too many emails this week. I think we just got a bunch of business ones about our about our um you know our store and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't see any emails this week. We're gonna uh, have an easy week. Okay. So uh, what about um uh, listeners? I know you sent me, you text me. Uh, okay. So you want to see the analytics? You want to see what our numbers are now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here we go. What were we last week? Um, when see. I sent them to you. I believe it was uh fourteen thirty, I believe. Uh let me take a look here real quick. Um so yeah. Um uh on on Halloween the thirty October thirty first, we were at fourteen thirty. Okay, today we sit at fourteen thirty six. We had six listeners over the week. Okay. So we should jump up another fourteen fifteen by today or more, depending on who listens. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, <clears throat> um, don't forget to if you like the show, share it. Tell somebody. Don't be a hoe. Share the show. You know, like <laughs> like I got from Andy Frischella's and DJ, and they do it. Um, our stores are uh, ReadyPlayerApparel.com. We're on YouTube, Ready Player U Podcast, um, Instagram at Ready Player U with underscores between each word, and obviously we are now on iTunes. We, I figured out the other day how to get us on iTunes. I got all the quirks and bugs worked out. We're, we're on there now. Um, Pandora, Spotify. Our email is readyplayerquestions at gmail.com. And next season, if I can get it worked out, I played beer. I played poker and drank beer with a guy the other night that he trains with Royce Gracie. So if all the cards align and all the store, all the stars come together, we will have an interview with the legendary Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Royce Gracie. So stay tuned for that. And then next season, we're also going to have, not like we're ending the season on this episode, we still got two more episodes before we end it, and those are going to be some bangers. Oh, those! I'm going to have so much fun writing those. And then next season, we're also going to be doing another interview with Sean Ely going over his whole album with Dripline. So stay tuned for that, and keep an eye out on our YouTube channel, for when our merchandise ends up in a music video, we will send links to that from our page and our Facebook and all that stuff. So for Ready Player You, I'm Mike. And wait, but... What? We, well, we don't want to end it yet. Oh, that's oh. right. You're right. You got me. Yeah. So so with Metal- with Megadeth, you know, they, they're part of uh, the big four of thrash metal. Okay. So, of course, you have Megadeth, you have Metallica, Anthrax, and Slayer. Right. So, I mean, they did tours all over the world and shit. So, with uh, with Dave Mustaine, like we talked earlier, he was part of Metallica. 
Right. And uh, because of his partying and stuff, they kicked him out, but he does have some writing credits. And uh, our final song uh, for our ending was going to be um, In My Darkest Hour, right. which he wrote, I believe it was on his the first album. Um, yeah, that's probably why I have to write shit down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't on the first album. I think that was on the second or third album. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let me search but it real quick. Cliff Burton was the bassist for Metallica. Yes. He died in a bus accident, and his his card, his favorite symbol, his was the Ace of Spades. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, no. Oh, the, it was on um, So Far, So Good. So it was on the third album. Right. So the development... Uh, the music for the, of the song was written by Dave Mustaine in a single sitting after a friend had contra- contacted Mustaine to inform him of Metallica bassist Cliff Burton's passing. Mustaine was frustrated with the members of Metallica for not contacting him personally. Stating in an interview, I took it really personal because I figured, you fuckers, you know we're all brothers in a band and he dies and you had someone else call me? So I took it very, very, very bad. The darkest hour mentioned in the song refers to general loneliness and isolation. However, the lyrics in the song subject refer to an ex-girlfriend of Mustaine's. Uh, the song was released as a promotional single uh, for the film Oh, Sorry. Uh, The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years, in which the song features a part in the film's official soundtrack. Uh, and uh, Pen- uh, Penelope Spheris said that she had the song closed to the film because everything had been a little light and fluffy before that, and she needed something more substantial. Now she, now she did um, these uh, document these metal documentaries, and but everybody knows her as the director of Wayne's World. Oh my God, they love those movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, music video accompanying the song was directed by Penelope, Penelope Spheris and featured a trim version of the song from 6, 8, 6, 16 to 512, intercut with interview footage of the band as well as a live performance of the song. Uh, music video was banned from airing on MTV following accusations of the lyrics promoted suicide. What the fuck? That's like the second video that well, the second song that we talked about. They did it's because it's because there's too many fucking pussy ass snowflakes out there worried about what the message sends. Like, listen, <clears throat> you can't stop somebody who's gonna want to commit suicide. We obviously want to prevent it. Mm-hmm. There's national suicide hotlines and all that. Yeah. I don't want nobody to die, but you, all you can do is try and prevent it. Yeah. But if there's a song that leads you to believe that that's the thing to do, then don't listen to it. Obviously. Yeah. It's trying to express a certain amount of pain and emotion to help get rid of that feeling. They're mm-hmm. trying to get their pain out of them, not produce it into somebody else. Yeah, as uh, just like an example too, uh, Ozzy's song um, "Suicide Solution," and you know, and some, they didn't give him a bunch of shit it, about oh, it. And some dumb kid um, did kill himself after listening to the song, but the song wasn't it wasn't promoting suicide or anything, and it was uh, uh, a tribute to uh, the original lead singer of ACDC. Mm. Um, so uh, to end off, Penelope Spheris stated, "It's a very, very heavy song in a really kind of classic piece of Megadeth that really displays their philosophy in a beautiful way." Noah, I had so much fun with this episode. 
You this know, was good, man. And, I learned more than I thought I knew. Yeah, I mean, just you know, at least I had a little bit, but I did didn't look into too much because you know it it, it takes away from like the the mystery behind the band. Well, then, he, then, he, it, then it wouldn't be your first reaction on the air or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like most of these songs, I've never heard. I mean, yeah, some of them I have, but there right. are other ones I haven't. And this is good. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I have uh, System Has Failed, and then of course, you know. We know some of their big hits and stuff, but... Well, uh, I mean, for obvious copyright reasons, we won't include the video at the end of our video portion on YouTube, uh but we will play the full song because I'm sure it's on Spotify, so we can do what we want on there. We haven't heard any letters yet, so... Yeah. So so we give them a little teaser about the final two. This is part one of a three-part season finale. This is part one of a three-part season finale. The last two are going to be the obviously flip side of the coin of Megadeth. Oh, yeah, and that's going to be Metallica. And we're both huge Metallica fans. Absolutely enormous Metallica fans. Obviously, if you haven't guessed it by now what the next episode is going to be, you should... You know, and we try dro- and listen more. And with that, without trying, we've been dropping hints. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> because they're so intertwined, they're so tied together. We mm-hmm. can't help but yeah. they, they, they have history. Obviously, you hear the influences on the first album or two, mm-hmm. and then their intertwined history. If you watch some kind of monster, that video, mm-hmm. um, that movie, that was good. That movie, yeah. Then there was a part two to that. There's a whole bunch of stuff to go over. We will get to those in the next two episodes, and that will be our season finale of the year, those two episodes. Yeah, so, I mean, um, well, to close it out, uh, I'm Matt. And I'm Mike. And for Ready Player You, we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Laters.